Hello and welcome to the She's Busy AF podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Bordelon. I'm a former marketing agency owner turned marketing mentor. I love all things tequila, travel, Taylor Swift, plants, and helping busy AF entrepreneurs scale the living heck out of their businesses. My podcast is filled with marketing and business knowledge to help you truly excel both personally and professionally in your entrepreneurial journey. You'll put down your phone after each episode and be infused with techniques and practices that allow you to work less in your business and more on your business so you can ultimately step back when you want and enjoy the sweet, sweet fruits of your labor. So with that being said, open up your notes app or your favorite notebook and let's jump on in to the She's Busy AF podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of She's Busy AF. Today, we're going to talk about attracting and retaining good clients. So client attraction, (laughs) whether clients are throwing themselves at you or not, there's typically always an issue associated or so I've found. I've had so many friends and biz besties say to me, I'm busy, but I really hate some of my clients, even though I'm making really good money with them. Let's be honest, the dream is to work with really good clients and retain really good clients. And I think we can all agree that working with good clients significantly reduces stress. So (laughs) that's nice. Like that's what we all want. And you know, a good client will respect your boundaries, provide ample feedback, be clear in what they need from you, show up to meetings on time, treat you with respect, all the things we like, all the things we want, right? A bad client probably is going to do the opposite of all these things, and I can literally feel my heart rate rising even thinking about that. So how do we attract these good clients? Let's break it down. So first, it's le crucial (laughs) that you have a clear message for your brand, aka how you market yourself as a business needs to be crystal clear. The reason is this. If you do good work or the perception is such, you will have people referring you business left and right. So then it's up to you to field those referrals. And how many times has someone come to work with you to manage their social media or something like that? And you're literally a copywriter. That right there is called bad messaging or your referral source uh, doesn't have a clear understanding of what it is that you do. So it's your job to make this crystal clear through your title, your website, all of those things. I've even gone as far to say If you're looking for this, you most definitely will not find it here. Like this being, if you're looking for copywriting, you won't find that here because I'm a social media manager. Something of the like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not your sole duty, your sole responsibility to do that one thing and you don't want to waste your time or other people's time just to tell someone that's not something I offer, sorry. So a way to combat this initially in your business would be to have a list of vendors on deck for all the things you don't do but get asked about. Because we don't want to leave money on the table and referral land is magic and you will give what you give, you'll receive in return. It's this weird thing called reciprocity. (laughs) And I can tell you that what goes around comes around. So don't be afraid also to set up a referral program between you and your vendors. It's a great way to make some extra money. This is not like what should be at the top of your list, but it is great if you're noticing a lot of people coming to you thinking you do XYZ, but you don't and you have people who can. So then you can make extra money because you got a referral program set up. So this in itself will help attract more clients because think of it this way, you'll be doing all of the good deeds and because you're referring business, they have an incentive to also understand what you do best and refer those people right back to you. 
On the flip side, if you're getting inquiries in your DMs or emails for services you don't offer, this might also mean your messaging and marketing is unclear. So again, go back to how you title yourself and how you market your services. Oftentimes when you explain what you do, you have to pretend like you're talking to a five-year-old and literally spell it out. Lose those fancy titles, dumb it down a bit so your potential prospects know exactly what they're getting into when they choose to inquire with you. So next, you need to have preset boundaries in place that then you can share with any new clients who fit the mold that come your way. This is really important when it comes to attracting and retaining good clients. I strongly believe that not all clients we perceive as bad are actually that bad. Sometimes it's just a matter of boundaries that we don't set with them that make them bad. So I got some examples here, and I want you to identify this first. Look to where resentment builds that is where you need a boundary. And again, I have some examples I want to share that I'm going to correlate with an internal and external boundary you can set. So grab a pen and paper. This is important. (laughs) And let's see if any of these like ring a bell to you. (laughs) So one example is I would get really mad when a client emailed me at 9 p.m. at night asking for something. The external boundary you want to set here in the contract, state that emails will be responded to between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Let's face it, nothing is really that urgent that needs to be done outside of those hours. But of course, take this on a case-by-case basis. Totally depends what kind of service you're providing. There could be some crazy emergency, like if you're a paid ad specialist and for some reason the account is spending when it was supposed to be turned off. Those kind of things Again, case-by-case basis, and maybe you have some other protocol for that. Maybe they're supposed to text or call you outside of email if there is an emergency, but there needs to be a boundary in place for your email, and the internal boundary therein would be don't check your email past 6 p.m., and then you can't get mad if a client emails you at 9 p.m. So typically, like for me, what that looks like is I have like a time block thing, like a restriction. Basically, what happens is at a certain time or after I've used an app for a certain amount of time, all my apps kind of shut off. So I don't get notifications. If I want to open it, I have to like remove the timer thing. So that's been really helpful for me. And also in my past, like setting that boundary. Okay. Another one is I would get thrown. I mean, thrown. (laughs) When and if a client no showed or canceled a meeting super close to the meeting time. Like I'm talking high anxiety. I wouldn't be able to focus on anything else for the next hour because or for two hours because I was mentally prepared to meet with my client. (laughs) So the external boundary you set here is a 24-hour notice for cancellation and $120 cancellation fee within those 24 hours if they cancel. That was the boundary I set, worked really well for me. (laughs) Again, your cancellation fee can be whatever you deem is best, but I put it as an hour's worth of my time, which was $120. The internal boundary you can set there is always have a plan for if the meetings get canceled. How else can you be productive with that time? So if you're starting to feel like, oh, this meeting might get canceled, or um, if you just want to be extra prepared, have your to-do list of things you have to do and move on to that next thing. Try to not let it phase you or go take a breather for that hour. Don't be like me and get thrown. (laughs) Okay, the last thing here, but certainly not least in all these examples, are those late invoices. There is nothing, nothing. More fun than hunting down a client who is so much as even a few days late on their invoice, much less a whole friggin' month. So most larger companies, it just depends on the type of client you're working with, will state that they're like what their net pay dates are, but you can also set those boundaries within your contracts. So an external boundary, the one you would set with your client is set parameters around late payments and even like net pay periods. 
I typically give my clients up to 14 days to pay, and every day after that accrues 5% late fees on the total amount owed. I've never had to get to that point, but it's because they set this boundary. The internal boundary you need to set is to be prepared in your business for this. There are some golden clients who pay early and right on time, and there are some clients who will notoriously be late on payment. So make sure you have the means in place within your business to cover those bills so you're not hinging on this check or this client payment to do so. All right, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Sometimes having boundaries is helpful to you and your clients because at the end of the day, like they want and need those boundaries too. But they might look to you for what's right and normal. And if you're lax on your boundaries, they'll think it's okay to do the same. So be the good example. Set the boundaries. Never be afraid that you're being too harsh on your boundaries. They're boundaries for a reason. It protects your health, your sanity, and the the growth and the scaling of your own business. All right, the next one here is going to be making time for your marketing. How else would you attract clients? I mean, there's other ways, but like marketing is a huge piece of that. I hear this a lot though. I'm struggling to make time for my business after making time for my clients. What this says to me is there's a lack of efficiency happening somewhere in your business practices. That or you just aren't making time for it, period. And for this one, I'm specifically speaking to those of you who are constantly overwhelmed and behind on more than just your business. There might also be a lack of boundaries you set with yourself and your clients to allow for this. So this is layered AF. And something I'm literally building a course around, stay tuned. But in the meantime, let's talk about this. Let's talk about an admin day. Are you dedicating one day a week solely to working on your business? I used to call these admin days. Now I like to call them CEO days because that sounds so much more luxe to me. (laughs) But the reality is this, you may not be able to dedicate an entire day to this a week and that's okay, just depending on what you do in your service providing space. Maybe it just means you break it up, but in a couple days. But I challenge you to take five to seven hours a week and dedicate those five to seven hours a week to your business, whether you do them all at once or you break them up across five days a week in the morning for like an hour or two hours. Find that time, block it in your calendar and do it. Make sure you are dedicating time to your business. And you might be thinking five to seven hours, that's a lot of time I could be spending making money for my clients. Sure, but it also is time you're spending to move the needle in your business so you can attract more clients so you can make more money. Think of it that way. In my admin days, I do a little bit of financing, budgeting, a lot of business planning from program development to marketing strategies to podcast planning and all the in-between. There are definitely my highly creative days where clients get little to none of my attention. But the trick here, of course, is to make sure that you have an achievable list of things to get done, or you're literally going to feel like you're going nowhere. So instead of writing down content planning, which is always something on my to-do list, right? But that's so vague. I'll write down batch content for the next three days, copy, graphic, and schedule. Or instead of writing down service development, I'll write down outline XYZ service. So if I have something I know coming up, like I will say outline this. Then the next time I have to work on that, I'll write down what's next in the process. So it's bite-sized and achievable. And I feel like I'm crossing things off the list. I'm getting things done. I think there's some like psychological study out there that says this is the best way to do it. I can be a total testament to that. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) But I pick these CEO days strategically. Most of my clients are also heads down in their business on Mondays. So Mondays work really great for mine. When I had my agency, that day was Fridays because most of my clients were checked out for the weekend. They're like, see ya, peace out, it's a weekend. So really take a temperature check, see where your clients are hitting you up a heck of a lot less. Like what days are your emails the quietest? 
and set a boundary with yourself to make time for your business. All right, my final point here is going to be something you might cringe at, but I need you to hear me out. And it's called networking. Don't sign off yet. (laughs) I know it's not a sexy word, but I'm going to make this sexy, okay? Challenge accepted. It's 2021. COVID is still a thing. So traditional networking isn't super comfy for a lot of people yet. But here's the thing. We have this beautiful online world, which is probably where you found me. (laughs) Prior to COVID and while I still had my agency, we were spending a lot of time in LinkedIn and Facebook groups, cultivating relationships, meeting like-minded entrepreneurs. Honestly, we were on Upwork too, like pitching our services and bidding on projects. What this resulted in was a a start of a lot of referral relationships of which we got a few clients out of. It wasn't the intention, right? Our intention was to get clients, but what we ended up getting was like-minded people who had like-minded clients who could work with us, and we got clients out of that. So in 2021, the online space is a melting pot of all businesses, and there are thousands, thousands of opportunities to meet people and make connections. Everyone's got a Facebook group. Everyone's got a LinkedIn group. Everyone's got some way to, I mean, I heard this the other day. Someone I was talking to was like, oh yeah, I got this client through a challenge I signed up to do, (laughs) which is crazy. You know, like you never know what course or program you buy into who could also have your ideal clients in there. It's like a win-win all the way around. But the challenge posed here is being strategic about finding those spaces where your ideal client exists or where those great referral sources exist. For referral sources, I say think of other businesses who have your same ICA in mind. So like with my agency, we partnered with a lot of videographers. We didn't offer photography or videography, but we offered websites and SEO and a lot of everything that fell in the realm of digital marketing that these videographers also had clients who fell into the same realm of. So we were able to refer them business. They were able to refer us business. It was an amazing, amazing win-win. Basically, This is why myself and two of my biz besties have created, get ready for it, the Smooth Scaling Club. And we officially launch April 8th to founding members. This is a chance to be a part of a group of other service providers, network, get exclusive access to live trainings and resources for myself and my two partners who are both seasoned business owners and service providing professionals. The point of this group is to help young growing businesses scale We want to help you scale, aka make more revenue in your business without the struggle. I'll be sharing more details soon, but in the meantime, you can get your name on the waitlist to be the first to know. The link is in the show notes. We'll be opening the doors for two weeks and not opening again for three months. So get in on the exclusivity now and smooth scale with us. It should be smooth. You should have the support. You should be able to network. You should be able to learn. We are literally creating the space to cultivate all of that. How cool. (laughs) Okay, guys, I want to recap everything before I hop off. So the four big tricks to attracting and retaining good ass clients are this. Number one, have a clear message for your brand, aka how you market yourself as a business needs to be crystal clear. Next, you need to have preset boundaries in place that you then share with any new clients who fit the mold and come your way. Then you need to make time for your marketing. What is your admin time? What is your CEO time? Get it on the calendar. Stick to it. Be consistent. I promise you'll see results. (laughs) And last but not least, get out there and network. Whether it's through a program you buy, whether it's through our smooth scaling membership, whether it's through a Facebook group, figure out where your ideal clients are. Network. Figure out where your referral sources are. Network. (laughs) All right, guys. So that's going to wrap it up. 
As a reminder, the link for the waitlist for the Smooth Scaling Club is in the show notes. And that's all for today. So I will see you next time on the She's Busy AF podcast. 